So on the line, Mike Prodich from Red Sun Rising. Dude, congratulations on everything, by the way. I mean, you guys are uh, now two albums deep. Polyester Zeal, did it uh, did it eclipse, did it do more than your than you had in your wildest imagination? I mean, having two number one hit singles and a and a third song that uh, that peaked in the top ten, was that crazy times? Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of happened um, so fast. Uh, I mean, we were always confident in in our music and and uh we believe that you know if we got to this to the stadium of a national band or an international band that people would would like what we were doing um but the way it happened and how fast it happened we we could never imagined and uh we're just we're so happy about that you know it's rare that you see a band that toured as incessantly as you guys did i mean my God, you must have toured for what two, two and a half years behind Polyester Zeal and hitting some cities, you know, two, three, four times. Yeah, that that album cycle um, was brutal. I mean, I mean, we're still grinding it out now. You know, we're still this is still early in our career, but that I feel like that first album, which is, it's like we need to get out there and and do everything we can and and uh, to prove that we should be here. And and we toured. Uh, I think that first year we did 172 shows <laughs> wow. that year, and that was just insane. Yeah, yeah. So is it uh, is it primarily you and Ryan as the uh, chief songwriters behind the band? Because it seems like with the uh, with the new album Thread that there was a bit of a different writing process. I mean, you guys have got a different producer involved, um, and the album is decidedly more kind of psychedelic and Beatlesque and a bit more artsy than Polyester Zeal was. Tell me about that. Yeah, I think. Um you know, me and Ryan have been writing together for, for years. You know, we've, we've had a couple of independent records we put out. And if you actually go back and listen to those independent records, they're, they're actually closer to what Thread is. And when we first got in the studio with Bob Merlette for Polyester Zeal, you know, that was our first, working, first time working with a real producer. Mm-hmm. So we, we kind of followed his lead a little bit um, on the production side of things. And not that we'd made a bad record. Obviously, the record did well. But it was it was less of what the band wanted and more of like him saying, This is this is I've made this many records, this is how you need to make this sound right here. So, um we followed his lead on a lot of things and I think in, in Thread we we're more like, let's just see what happens if we if the band really makes it as natural sounding to what the band is as possible. And I think some people were taken back by that. I don't, I think people that we've fans that we gained on Polyester Zeal didn't some didn't know how to take it it's not definitely not as heavy um but it's it's definitely uh I'm glad you said the Beatles because that's a huge we're huge fans and um we're all musicians so we we tried to build that you know musical landscape so even the songs that sound very simple that we have on thread if you really break it down there's a lot of complex uh musical pieces going on there yeah, and being a musician, I can totally pick up on that. Absolutely. Which which was a more fun record to make? I mean, because I, I I too am a musician, and I too have worked with a producer who you know took some uh, you know some scratch tapes that we made and came in and said, "Oh, wait a minute, let's break this down to its very core and then rebuild the song." And I hear you know this piano hook, or you know he he did a lot of stuff by just you know com- doing some com- composition on the piano. To bring out some of the hooks right. that we didn't even hear existed. Was it tougher to work under that type of intense scrutiny and supervision, or was it tougher to, you know, have everybody in the band be able to have their say so and put their own signature on it? Um, I think it was it was nice to have the guidance 
Um, and I think we learned a lot. And I think going into Thread, um, Ryan and I have learning learned a lot from from Bob. You know, we, we kind of took that, and we had a little bit of the producer hat on a lot of the times. Not that Matt Hyde just sat back and did nothing, but I think we were more involved and, you know, we wanted to sound like this mm-hmm. um, than we were on the first record. And um, in the band, you know, when we first started writing, uh, it was just five guys in a room shouting ideas. And that was kind of counterintuitive to getting anything done. Yeah. And uh, so a lot of times we're like, all right, put your ideas down. We'll record them. And there's like the first demos from Thread are like literally everyone just throwing ideas on it. And it's just like, it, it sounds like a mess. Like the song's still in there. But uh, Ryan and I still had to kind of kind of pull it back and be like, all right, let's let's figure out an, an outline, me and Ryan, like the way we used to do it on an acoustic guitar and me singing and figure out the song first, then we'll bring it to you guys. And uh, once everyone kind of f- found their role and what their strong suit was and what they brought to the table, um, once we got into the studio, uh, I think we worked really quickly and worked well together. So tell me about the uh, the new song and the and the video for it, which is brilliant, by the way. By the way, the uh, the Thank video you. for stealing life. You're doing a campaign, and we were talking a little bit about uh, you know mental health and mental health awareness. I've got uh, some mental health challenges that exist in my family. I mean, hell, I sit in a box and talk to myself for four hours once a day. Go figure, right? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, but tell me about this initiative that you guys are getting behind. Well, it, it, it really all stemmed from, um, the song itself really stemmed from three events in my life. Uh, the first one was when I, I really acknowledged what suicide was, and that's when I was in high school. And uh, a friend of mine, you know, a guy that I played uh, football with, a guy that I saw every day at school, he took his own life. And, um, you know, that was the first time I feel like I, I acknowledged what suicide was. You know, growing up, when you're younger, you know what it is, but until it happens to someone you know, you're just really confused. Like, why would they do that? And, um, but the thing that stuck with me was that I, I didn't feel like it was his fault, even though he physically did it to himself. I didn't feel like it was his fault. And, um, I knew at that moment that it was bigger than that. Um, and then a few years later, skip a few years later, another friend of mine from, from high school that this guy was like my Ryan Williams in this band, like him and I started our first band together I spent hours and hours playing guitar with this guy and learning how to write songs with this guy and, and gigging for the first time with this guy. And he took his own life. And, wow. um, and, and I was just like, why is this happening? And why, why are these, you know, you just try to find answers and you don't, and you can't. And, um, and then, uh, you know, most recently, one of my, my heroes, if you will, and biggest influence is Chris Cornell, mm-hmm. um, passed away. And, it was, we were off the road in Grand Rapids, um, doing some demo work. And, uh, I remember that next day, everyone was kind of just somber playing, playing, uh, Cornell's songbook, um, album over and over again. And I just had this, like this guitar part that I've had in my head for years. And I was like, I'm just going to play it. And it, for some reason, I just like, in the moment of sadness and thinking about that and thinking about the topic, I started to write stealing life. And that's how that song, you know, came about. Um, I showed it to the band. They loved it. Um, and they loved the idea. And and we all started to talk about how, you know, literally we had a conversation on, on how suicide and mental health has affected all of us. And, uh, so that, you know, 
it, it, it was something that was special to everyone in the band and something that we could really plant our flag in and say, this has affected us and, and uh, we don't want it to affect us any longer. Um, mm. So when we, when we created the song and um, got the video idea, you know, we just wanted to keep it simple and uh, p- portray the, the real mood of it. And uh, we found um, out in Los Angeles, the, uh, the people in the video are real people that, um, you know, that were struggling and were eager to tell their story and were willing to tell their story. And we're, we're fortunate that they were able to step forward and be so honest, um, you know, and it, it makes for a powerful video and, and hopefully we can save somebody's life. So how can fans of Red Sun Rising get involved with this initiative? Um, right now, it's just kind of sharing the message, uh, sharing the, the music video for Stealing Life um, and uh, in, in just opening conversations. And, and that's what we keep encouraging people to do. And it's been amazing how many people have um, right there, you know, on the Internet, you know, yeah. just on all our social platforms have really just wrote their story out and people commenting on them, being supportive. And that's what this is all about. So people can see there's other people like me. And it's okay, and it's okay for me to tell how I feel, and people accept it. And that's really what it's all about. Yeah, and it's tough to be there when you're in a really dark spot, too. We're talking to Mike Protich from Red Sun Rising. You had mentioned Chris Cornell, and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass, Mike, but I have to say, you know, uh, as we were talking about touring and the the grueling touring schedule you guys have endured, uh, you're one of the few individuals that I think sounded better the last time that I saw you than the first time that I saw you. And I'm going, man, how does this guy, after, you know, 327 billion shows, sound better now than the first time? Like, your (laughs) voice is so incredible. If you were able to to cover to do a another cover song from one uh, one individual and put it out as you know just a self release to something or maybe on a, a new album down the road, uh, you guys did Alanis Morissette's uh, Uninvited, which was a brilliant version yeah. of that. But who would that be if you had to uh, to make a call today, right now? Mm, well, um, I would. I mean, I've always wanted to do something Cornell has done. Yeah. Um, you know, or uh, you know something queen or, you know, I know I I'm, I'm saying like just amazing singers at this point, but, um, we actually recently did and, and we haven't really talked about this yet and, but I'm going to kind of, I guess, let it out of the bag here, but <laughs> we just did a cover of the beach boys. Oh, no and, way. Um, yeah. And <laughs> you know, being, being Beatles fans and beach boys fans, and that's another band that, um, a is, was very difficult to sing. Um, especially with all the harmonies, uh-huh. um, but the composition, when you start breaking down a Beach Boy song, you realize how complicated those little pop songs were and how genius Brian Wilson was. Yeah, they seem so simple when you listen back to them on the radio, don't they? Yeah, they do. <laughs> well, Mike Protich, man, I, uh, I appreciate you taking the time to give me a buzz today, man. Uh, by the way, have you had any good cigars lately? I know over at Aftershock you were on the, the cigar hunt, and, uh, and, and, I, and I was able to come across a couple of Cubans, and we ran into each other at the end of the night, and nobody's cell service worked, and you had to go settle up, and our, our paths never crossed again. But have you I know. had yeah, any good I, smokes I was- lately? I, I have, um, somebody gave me a, a Cuban that was, I guess it was just an unmarked Cuban, um, and, uh, I, I don't know if he, if he knew the name of it or not. I mean, unfortunately that doesn't help the story, but that was the last one. I haven't, I haven't really, I haven't really been smoking a whole ton. Um, not by choice. I just, you know, been touring so much and I try not to smoke that much on the road, obviously, but, yeah. uh, 
But I'll, I might have one tonight now. Now I'm in the mood. Damn it. Sorry, brother. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, uh, I, and I'm looking at the uh, the upcoming tour dates. It looks like you guys got a lot of East Coast time. But hopefully here in 2019, you guys will be doing another West Coast run. We can have you over for dinner and you can maybe you know, plan a day here in Reno where you have a day off either before or afterwards. So we can get together and barbecue and have a, a good cigar and a nice scotch or something. Oh, we would love that. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Mike Protis from Red Sun Rising. Always a pleasure to speak with you, man, and I look forward to seeing you very soon, all right? Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it.